This episode brought to you by Noda, powered by M&T Bank. Noda is banking built for lawyers and provides smart, no-cost IOLTA account management. Visit trustnoda.com legal to learn more. Terms and conditions may apply. This episode brought to you by Alert Communications. If any law firm is looking for call, intake, or retainer services available 24-7, 365, just call 866-827-5568. Welcome to the AVA Journal Legal Rebels podcast, where we talk to men and women who are remaking the legal profession, changing the way the law is practiced, and setting standards that will guide us into the future. Welcome. I'm your host, Lyle Moran. My guest today is Janine Sickmeyer. She's the founder and managing director of Next Chapter a cloud-based bankruptcy software for attorneys and other legal professionals. Next Chapter was acquired by Fastcase in 2019, and Janine now serves as Director of Practice Workflow for Fastcase. Janine's also actively involved in the venture capital space, including as the founding partner of Overlooked Ventures. During this episode, we will discuss her development of Next Chapter, how things have gone since its acquisition, and her investment activities. Janine, thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. Janine, I see that you were a paralegal for uh, several years before starting Next Chapter, and I was wondering what about that experience made you want to build bankruptcy software for attorneys and other legal professionals? Yes. So I got my start as a paralegal in um, a local law firm in Columbus, Ohio, and I was working in the bankruptcy space, and I was using all of the products that were out there at the time. Um, we were trying to figure out, you know, what was best for the firm. And I started doing an analysis on all the different products. And this was back in 2009. And everything was desktop-based. There was nothing online. Um, there were, you know, no real um, innovators in the space at the time. So I actually went out on my own and created a virtual paralegal business. Um, I was, I did this because I... I started looking at the way that um, we were preparing bankruptcy documents in the firm and what softwares we were using. And I thought if I could do this at this firm, I could probably work really efficiently um, on my own systems and, you know, the things that I had created to uh, work at that firm and do it for attorneys across the country. So I wanted to build a business. Um, I, I went out on my own and started the paralegal team is what it was called. And I had attorneys from all over um, the country. And I kind of noticed during that time, everybody had the same problems with the software. They were inefficient. It was all desktop based, not online. And the attorneys had, they would even have to leave their laptops open at night for me to remote into on the VPN in order to, um, you know, prepare the bankruptcy documents for them. So it was during that time while I was still working at the law firm and I had this side hustle of working as a, a virtual paralegal for attorneys in, you know, New Hampshire, New Mexico, all over the place. And I, I said, you know, I cannot really scale this virtual paralegal business unless the software changes, unless something happens um, and I can get this online. It was my biggest challenge and all of the attorneys that I was working with. So that's when I, I started looking into building an online application. 
Great. And so, yeah, what were some next steps at that point? Well, at the time, I started talking to the attorneys that I was working with in the at the paralegal team. And I didn't know at the time that it was called customer research. I was just asking them if they would be interested in being a part of uh, my, my next project, which was building out this online application. And a lot of them did say that they were, you know, that this was a much needed um, product in the space. So one of them came to me and he said, I love how you prepare bankruptcy documents and the paralegal team, I'm going to, I'm going to fire my whole bankruptcy department. I want the paralegal team to take over. And at the time, paralegal team was just me. And I was like, okay, I think I'm going to have to scale all of this a lot quicker than I expected. So I, that was when I kind of looked at, um, how can I continue to fund what I was going to do next um, by, you know, trying to find developers um, to help me and build this product that I had an idea for, but also continue to build the company um, paralegal team so that I could, you know, fund um, what the next thing would be. So I went out to reach, I reached out to one of my mentors and asked him, he works in investments um, and at a, at a Fortune 100 company. So he had a lot of experience in this space of, you know, building technology and funding it. So he kind of asked, like, why are you still going to do the virtual paralegal thing? Um, what do you need to get going? How can you, you know, get up and running? And I really had no answers to those questions. I just didn't know at all. So, um, so I, I was looking at other founders in the space and, Um, I started reaching out to a few of the peers in my network and really started build a community around, um, you know, the technology in Columbus. And that's where we're based. And it was through my relationships with these other founders and developers that I kind of realized um, that I could I could learn how to code. And that way I could reach out to and talk to um, developers and understand what it is that we can even build. So started frequenting coffee shops where I knew that there were going to be some developers there. I knew that, you know, the startup scene in Columbus is pretty small. So everyone knows each other. And we, um, I, I just started working out of this coffee shop every day. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to try to figure out how to code so that I can, um, you know, I thought that I would build it, but I also knew that would make it easier for me to work with uh, engineers and know what it was that I needed to build to begin with. Awesome. So at what point were you finally able to um, bring the product to market? Well, we can fast forward about two and a half years because that's how long it took <laughs> for me <laughs> to uh, build what what became Next Chapter. And it went through a couple iterations and looked like a lot of different things. But initially, I, I taught myself to code. I um, worked on building an MVP. And we realized that working with the bankruptcy court is really hard to have just a minimum viable product. You have to have something that, you know, could talk to the bankruptcy courts that this was a matter of, you know, clients houses and and future. And, um, it wasn't just, you know, a product that we could just throw up an MVP and see what happened. Um, we were creating bankruptcy documents to help people, you know, get through the most challenging part of their life. So, 
Um, so it was a lot more important than that. So we took a lot of time on that to make sure that we could, um, you know, really have something that that was not just valuable for attorneys, but that would actually be the next phase of what the bankruptcy software space would need. And and we did. It took a while, like I said, um, but it was just because I bootstrapped. I, I tried to raise capital. Um, I went to 82 investment meetings um, and pitches, and it, I kept on hearing that the market was small um, and that, you know, it wasn't really VC backable. And so that was a really hard time um, to, you know, bounce back from and say like, but I know this is needed in this space. So how can I build this without any capital or any backing? And so I I figured out how, um, and that was through a series of, you know, uh, different (laughs) scrappy and creative methods, I suppose, on how to work with developers, build it out um, ourselves. And then we got it to market in 2016. We launched and then we had customers right from the get-go. So we had about 400 early signups who had been kind of tracking our progress since the first day that I put up a website. And so I I had a website early on that just said, we're building online bankruptcy software, Um, sign up for early access. And every time that somebody would sign up, I would reach out to them personally and say, thank you so much for signing up. Can you tell me everything, all of your pain points in the current software and what you would do differently if you were to build it out? And I made them part of the journey. I think that was one of the things that was unique in my story. Um, I really have been building this in public since day one. And I, again, didn't know what that even meant, but I was just doing it as a way to you know, show my journey, help other entrepreneurs and founders early on um, see how, you know, how it goes. But also I was trying to find community. I was just, I was looking for people who were building things like me. And so I would post about it on Twitter. I would send out monthly newsletter updates to all of my friends and family, everybody I met along the way. And even if it was just like, we got a few more beta signups or I'm attending this conference, it was a way for me to stay top of mind for a lot of people that, um, you know, that I, I thought could maybe help along in the journey uh, to either find customers or partnerships along the way. So we launched, yeah, in 2016 after two and a half years of, of building. Awesome. Now, you mentioned, you know, you were quickly reaching out to folks to get um, their input on the product and things like that. You know, why, I guess, what was the feedback on their end when, you know, to you being so engaged and responsive from the get-go? I think that they were pretty surprised because a lot of uh, early stage tech companies are not talking to their customers that early. Um, they're not making them a part of the journey from day one. And I was having these engaging conversations with all of these attorneys who ended up joining and being some of our first customers. But, you know, it was like, a year later, they would say, have you built this yet? Is it done yet? And so some of them started to lose faith a little bit, thinking that it was going to take, you know, too long. And and I tried to keep them up to date with, you know, everything that we were doing. But in, you know, in, in startup building terms, it was, I mean, we it took a long time. Um, and so I, I get that. But I think that they were also surprised that we were building specifically for them. It was like at the time there were so many customer relationship management tools and 
um, other legal practice management software popping up. And this was specifically for bankruptcy. So these bankruptcy attorneys were so excited that finally someone is tackling this online application just for them. So they, I got a lot of messages of um, just paragraphs on paragraphs of, of what people wanted to see. And those really fueled me through the early days. I was like, yes, this is so great because not only does it validate everything that I'm seeing and all the attorneys that I work with, but also I can hand it over to the developer I'm working with and say, look how important this is. You know, stay with me, keep building, let's do this together. And I think that also kind of lit his, you know, fire as well. So prior to um, the acquisition by Fastcase, how were things going in those early years for next chapter? Well, from day one, we, like I said, we started making money. We had a few customers um, downloading their documents and, and we were manually filing them to the court for them. We had no filing connection to the court. We were doing, I don't know if you've seen any of those memes, but basically just shows, you know, how much is under the hood that startups have to do manually. Um, that a lot of people, you think you click a button and it's done. But in those early days, we were back there, you know, scrambling around to get it done. And that now looking back is super fun, you know, but it was really stressful at the <laughs> time. Um, but yeah, we, we started to grow um, 14% month over month for the next three years. So we kept growing, we kept building um, new features. And every time people would ask us for, um, you know, feature requests, we would put them on a board, um, on a on a project management board for the whole team to, to really evaluate and make sure, you know, how many people want this? Is this going to be useful for everyone or just this one firm? How many other, you know, use cases can we think of that, that this feature could touch. There were so many different things that we took into account before just building a feature, especially if it was requested. So we were very intentional early on about the, um, the progress and that we would only spend development hours on things that would bring us revenue. Um, and that's what you have to do as a bootstrapping founder. So I, I call that dev to rev. We always mm-hmm. said that and thought of it together. We were like, only things that can bring us revenue or bring our customers um, happiness to, to retain them. Those are the only things that we will be building. And we stuck by that. We, you know, would sometimes get shiny object syndrome thinking, ooh, we should build an Apple Watch, you know, app. And it's like, no, we shouldn't. <laughs> what is that going to do? So we really thought, we really had to think about it and put those on the, that would be a fun, like, dream down the road um, kind of, feature, but we really stayed focused. And I think that that's one of the biggest reasons why we were able to grow the way we did. Terrific. Well, we'll be back after a short break. As the largest legal-only call center in the U.S., Alert Communications helps law firms and legal marketing agencies with new client intake. Alert captures and responds to all leads 24-7, 365 as an extension of your firm in both English and Spanish. Alert uses proven intake methods, customizing responses as needed, which earns the trust of clients and improves client retention. To find out how Alert can help your law office, call 866-827-5568 or visit alertcommunications.com LTN. This episode is sponsored by Noda, powered by m and Bank. You went to law school to be a lawyer, not an accountant. 
take advantage of Noda, a no-cost IOLTA management tool that helps solo and small law firms track client funds down to the penny. Enjoy peace of mind with one-click reconciliation, automated transaction alerts, and real-time bank data. Visit trustnoda.com legal to learn more. Terms and conditions may apply. Welcome back to my conversation with Janine Sickmeyer, the founder and managing director of Next Chapter. Janine, let's fast forward to 2019. That was the year Next Chapter was acquired by Fastcase. How would you describe the significance of that development? So since Next Chapter's acquisition, we really have fit right into the family of Fastcase and their products. I think looking back, um, I before we talked about the acquisition, I kind of always had this vision that I would be working with Fastcase. And I was always hoping that I'd be able to um, to build a relationship with Ed Walters and the team there because I really looked up to him as a leader and as a teacher and the things that that I've learned from him along the years. So I really wanted that kind of um, outcome, but I didn't really know that it was achievable. And at the time that I was um, looking at, you know, would would it be a good idea for us to continue growing or um, in, you know, on our independently, or if we should look at other opportunities for growth through a, a merger acquisition or, you know, a, an acquisition of another product on our own. That was when I reached out to Ed and I was basically asking him um, for advice and looking for his mentorship and trying to figure out what was the next next stage for us. And Fastcase had a competing product at the time. So it was a conversation that really made sense um, for both of us. And I think as soon as we thought about how could we take what they have and give it the power that Next Chapter has, what would that look like as us as, you know, as a whole? And our technologies really just complemented each other well. Um, and we were able to merge in all of the, we had a 99% retention um, from the, the product that Fastcase had as we merged them into Next Chapter's product. So that says a lot about both, you know, the, the way that our products complement each other so well and, and um, that the customers were excited about this just as much as we were. Yeah, and I just was hoping maybe you could um, just expound a little bit about why you previously had this vision of, you know, working with Fastcase. Yeah, I think as a young solo founder who was trying to make her way um, in this big space, I was reaching out to so many different people along the way. And it was people like Ed Walters and Jack Newton and, you know, the, the leaders in legal tech who really helped me understand that I had something big and that my potential is greater um, than than where we were. And as I talked to them at conferences and, you know, on the phone, we would have um, conversations about how I was going to build this product because I, I met you know, I met both of them back before Next Chapter was even built. And um, I believe it was at the first CleoCon. And that was when um, I, I remember Jack said, just build it, just just do it. Stop talking about it and just get out there and build the MVP. And by the next time you come to this, I want to see that you have launched something, you know? And 
Ed had taught me all along, um, you know, the, how he, his leadership skills and how to, um, keep your competitors, you know, close and be friendly with them. And I've always really admired, um, the way that he handles the team and his competition and the partnerships in the, in the network. And I just thought if there's someone that I would want to work with, it would be fast case. And so I think that's where that kind of came from originally. Cool. Now, since um, Next Chapter has become part of the Fast Case family, you know, what new features um, or functionalities has it been able to offer its customers? Yeah, what I think is really um, exciting is that there are some crossovers here with what Next Chapter does and um, the Fast Case family, which is not just Fast Case, but also Docket Alarm and uh, also the, you know, what what Judicata has brought to the mix. So it's it's really cool to talk to the other founders of um, the, the other founders that have been acquired that are within the family and talk about, well, you know, what would it look like if we all got together and how would we um, connect our products together, you know? And so that's something we're working on. We're talking to like Docket Alarm has all of this great um, litigation analytics and and we think, you know, the way that they, the, the way that they display all of this information and, and have all of this data about these attorneys could really come in useful when now Next Chapter has been branching outside of bankruptcy. And so we're looking at, you know, let's, let's find ways to connect the, our calendaring integrations across the board and text messaging features to the clients and the customers um, and, you know, intake process. How can we make sure that, um, you know, it can go across the board from fast case to docket alarm to next chapter, having the the dockets and the pleadings available from um, these other, you know, from fast case and docket alarm in next chapter as they're building out their cases. So there's a lot that we're, we're excited about doing. I think right now, some of the things that, um, that we've really been able to, to work with, with fast case is the relationships with the bar associations. So next chapter is now branching off, um, beyond bankruptcy into these other practice areas. And with that, we have a new product called next chapter docs. And so that's our form automation product. And, it's a document automation tool for attorneys to upload all of their standard firm forms um, and into our system. And then we can, um, they use the editor, they add in merge fields, um, which will later replace the case data. So they can create a template one time and then use that over and over for their clients um, to, you know, or a case. Uh, and it, it's, it's great because we've seen this in other products and, but what we can do is now merge that data with information from Docket Alarm and Fastcase, and we can work with the bar associations to help them build out their forms libraries. And there's so much that goes along with that. So not only are they building out these template forms where clients can come in and and use, um, you know, the the doc creator to build their, you know, to, to fill out the forms, but now there's also the intake process. And then once it's done, you can text it to your client. So there's so many different features that kind of all get wrapped up together in, in this new tool. 
And what other practice areas are you seeing interest from attorneys in using, say, um, you know, the next chapter docs feature? Well, right now we're we're starting in immigration. That's a really we're looking really at like adjacent uh, markets. So there's immigration, uh, probate and estates, divorce and family law. A lot of practice areas that kind of go hand in hand with um, bankruptcy or maybe general practice attorneys who practice in those different areas. So those are the ones that we're seeing right now. And we're, we will be branching out into a lot of different spaces, but since next chapter overall is a workflow-based tool, um, we are starting with this document automation tool and then moving more into, you know, the workflow processes for those specific markets. Once we know which, um, you know, practice areas the attorneys are uh, most heavily using. Great. And, you know, are there plans for um, Next Chapter to be integrated into other fast case products as well? Yes. Yeah, so right now we are working on, uh, it's a very big data project that I don't understand completely, <laughs> <laughs> but it's going across all of the companies and um, all of the products and it will centralize the, the fields, um, the, you know, merge fields and um, that would be in the document creator or the um, fields that you're, that you see in docket alarm or um, any of the other products. So it's a big goal, but we are looking at um, how we can, and we're working on right now this project. And so it's, it's going to be a big one. And um, I know that Damien Real at Fastcase would love to tell you more um, in depth about this and do much better justice than what I can do. Right. Well, just to focus back for a second on the bankruptcy space where you started, you know, how has COVID-19 been for, you know, the bankruptcy world? So this is interesting because we thought going in, and by we, I mean the entire bankruptcy market thought that bankruptcies were going to be huge, that it was going to be this tsunami of cases coming is what they, you know, all the experts kept saying. So COVID hits, we plan this big week-long bankruptcy week um, conference. And it was basically our way of saying any attorneys in adjacent markets that don't know bankruptcy should know bankruptcy because it's about to get huge. And the current bankruptcy attorneys out there um, are not even going to be able to take on all the cases that are going to be here. So we're thinking, how can we make sure that that all of the bankruptcy cases that are coming through this tsunami are going to be able to be handled? Um, and so we were like, let's let's throw a conference. Let's do a week-long virtual summit. And this was back in May of 2020 before any of the other virtual summits had started or virtual conferences had got going. Um, So it was really exciting for our team. We ended up getting over 3,500 attendees and some of the sessions felt, you know, they, they were filled out over a thousand people in each one. Um, And we had five days of this. So it was really fun and also really exhausting, (laughs) but we, we got a lot of, you know, a lot of people learning about bankruptcy and about marketing their bankruptcy firm and about, um, you know, law pay was, uh, they had a, um, uh, sponsorship. So, you know, we, we saw a lot of different people coming together and learning about how they can help this bankruptcy space. And so we get all excited, 
Um, we're ready to, to go. And then the numbers just start going down. And from that point on, they kept getting lower and lower and ultimately hit an all-time low of like an all-time 35-year low in May of this year of 2021. So they have not been that low since 1986. Now this in June, they um, new filings are at 35,000, which is unbelievably low. We when I first started Next Chapter, bankruptcies were at a million a year, and last year they were lower than half of that. So we're still seeing that you know this year is even going to be less, and we're I don't think anybody really knows um, when they're going to to go back up. Well, given that trend, I mean, is that all the more reason that it's important that Next Chapter expands into other areas as we've discussed? Yeah, that's true. And what's surprising, though, is even though these bankruptcies keep going down, Next Chapter grew 86% last year. Hmm, Why is that? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think that at this point, we still had market share to kind of pull um, from other areas. And it was a surprise though. We were all like, wow, this is, we also have other products that we, you know, that we sell alongside next chapter bankruptcy. So we're, we're still seeing, you know, the numbers decrease, but, um, but next chapter is still growing. So, but yeah, we are moving into other areas as well, just um, because we're a little unknown about what will happen next year. Mm, That makes sense. Well, Janine, lastly, um, I know, you know, something else that you've been getting involved with in recent years is angel investing and venture capital. And, you know, could you just briefly share um, your interest in that area and why you've gotten involved there? Yeah, absolutely. So after the acquisition, I started angel investing in um, founders who have been historically overlooked. And so um, I did nine angel investments in women, Black founders, Latina founders. And I just got to a point where I felt like I can make a bigger impact and help more um, founders get funding, you know, if I could do this um, beyond my personal allocation. So that's when I, I started Overlooked Ventures um, at just a few months ago, we launched it's a $50 million fund for historically overlooked founders. And so we're really looking at, it's industry agnostic, but we're looking at a lot of different spaces. And we're really just excited about the opportunity to try to get these, these numbers up. Right now, we're seeing that only 2.2% of all venture capital has gone to women founders and only 0.67% has gone to Black founders. And so those numbers are just abysmal and we really wanted to try to change them. So my partner and I together um, are, you know, starting to, we're starting to, to work with other funds that are in the same thesis. And we've also been doing a lot of LP meetings to close this, um, this first fund. Um, since the launch, which was, Two months ago, we've had over 500 startups apply and almost all of them have self-identified as overlooked founders. And they are in all different industries, all different markets, all different areas. Um, and so we're really excited to start tapping into, you know, looking at um, what we can do and, and which, you know, which ones we will invest in. 
Um, at the same time, we have to raise the fund. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, we have a little over 10% of the fund has been um, committed and we're, we're still powering through our LP meetings every day. Awesome. Well, Janine, it sounds like you have a lot on your plate. So thanks so much for joining me today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. This is fun. I also want to thank our listeners for tuning in. Please be sure to rate and review the Legal Rebels podcast on your favorite podcast listening service. I'm your host, Lyle Moran, signing off. If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit LegalRebels.com, LegalTalkNetwork.com, subscribe via iTunes and RSS, find both the ABA Journal and Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, or download the free apps from ABA Journal and Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thank you.